before we get started, I just wanted to let you know that this episode is available to watch on our very own YouTube channel, so you can now watch as well as listen. Uh, stay healthy and enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Ski Racing Podcast with me, Ed Drake. Joining me on this third episode is Luke Stain and Ben Clark as we're here to finish off discussing the World Cup 2020 World Cup Tour as well as look forward to the summer's programme and into next winter's 2021 season. Guys, let's start off with how are the athletes going to be dealing with this period at the moment and how does the situation that we're in with the coronavirus affect summer training? Well, if you follow just the Austrian racers on Instagram, they appear to be setting each other weird challenges for their off-season <laughs> fitness. I've seen them doing kick-ups with toilet roll, which is offensive because I can't find any anywhere. <laughs> um, and also um, games like trying to get up off laying down on the floor with a can on their head. They seem to be in pretty good spirits, but obviously we know in the background they're doing this because they're all basically in their own home chalets, doing yeah. home workouts, pretty bored out of their mind. Uh, I think we discussed before, they'd normally be out testing skis. Yeah. They'd be on the spring snow, seeing how fast uh, the new skis are gonna be for next year. Absolutely. If anyone's planning on swapping, yeah. they'll be testing that. But now it's just fitness all the way. Yeah, I think it will favor the speed skiers a little bit more than the tech skiers because um, it seems at this stage a little bit more likely to still be able to ski in South America. So the speed skiers will still be able to make their way over there, whereas the tech skiers who would usually stay in Europe would have to look at other plans or go to New Zealand. Um, maybe they'll be joining the speed skiers in, in South America too. Who knows? I, I, um, yeah, I kind of I think that this period is is so much, it's, it's normally a real big conditioning block on skis. So you're usually going through a load of technique work. This period of time is usually up on the glacier doing multiple runs, looking at technique, looking at uh, as, well as, uh, as well as um, all, all this, the testing of equipment. Are we gonna see anybody switch brands because they've not had the chance to change and try new stuff? And is that certainly gonna be something that's up for grabs? We talked about it, that uh, Razzoli chose to change skis mid-season onto something that suited his, his skiing more, yeah. but we're gonna not see that. Like There are plenty of athletes that'll be looking to move around due to the end of contracts, due to just the fact that they need to find some better form on some different equipment. So we're not gonna have any sort of testing. I was chatting to Mike Pulaski, who's one of the Norwegian coaches, Scottish, uh, used to be one of my coaches, but he's now works for the Norwegians. And he was saying that they've got about six or seven plans set up for the summer based on what they're allowed to do. They've got uh, indoor camps planned, they've got European trips planned, they've got New Zealand, they've got uh, South America. It, but at the moment, they're just scrambling. And it's gonna be the same for everybody, but we're gonna have some absolute monster athletes <laughs> coming back from this. We're gonna have Arnold Schwarzenegger style size <laughs> athletes as the only thing that they're gonna be able to do for months is pick up and put down Lift and heavy stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Norwegians will uh, continue to be massive. Yeah, and continue to just blitz the fitness training. Yeah. And so I, I wonder whether that's going to have an effect. I think it's going to be something that, you know, the, the athletes are going to have to deal with in terms of uh, it's going to test their mental strength as well. Being stuck in one place, as we all uh, uh, are potentially going to experience more and more of over this period, being isolated, being on your own, being stuck, especially up in the mountains and stuff, it's quite an isolating environment. Some will, some will thrive, but others will need that camaraderie to make sure that they're able to train properly. And I think it's going to be uh, 
sorry, a lesson in, but we'll probably see early next season who has the most discipline in this period of time. Because if they're not in a gym with their coaches and conditioners around them, yeah. making sure they're putting in the right kind of work, you're going to see at the start of next year who has the motivation and the discipline to do those training yeah, programs by absolutely. themselves. So the coaches and the backroom staff will be working, like you said, Mike said, they'll be working their absolute tails off to get as many programs set up as possible. All of the individual kind of fitness training programs will go out to these guys mm. uh, and they're then going to need to put it into motion. And if they can't, and if they can't be disciplined and focused enough, we're probably going to see that at the start of next season or whenever the the racing starts again yeah it could potentially also favor the um sort of more experienced athletes because they've they don't necessarily need the hours on the skis um compared to the younger athletes so you know maybe we'll see them put in the old guys put in some good results next season because they've got the experience they've skied the hills uh they don't necessarily need to be putting in you know, 15 runs a day yeah. um, in the off-season. Yeah, I, I, it, that's definitely going to be a factor. I think as as an athlete goes through their career on in skiing terms anyway, you tend to do less on snow as you get older. Just unless because, you're Dave riding. Unless you're Dave riding, <laughs> who's doing a 1,000 runs all of the time. But yeah. actually, no, Dave took a longer break than he'd ever taken before at the end of last season. And, and he said it actually revitalised his summer training. Um, and so that was sort of focused that he'd, spun on it but I think it's going to be very important the sports science are going to have their work cut out I think for a lot of this summer if we're going to have um, some happy athletes and also have athletes that have had time to test stuff does this mean the whole testing block gets later everything gets a bit more crunched as we come into uh, the start of next season which is going to be sold and come the end of October which is going to come around super quick especially if you can't ski yeah and also the other thing is uh, ski factories making skis but very true that's going to be a real question. Um, you'll probably find that the junior athletes um, just coming up through FIS are not going to be able to yeah. buy the three or four sets of slalom and GS skis that they would usually be able to buy. They're going to be relying on old stuff. Yeah. 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 yeah, here's your 2019 stock you guys can race on this year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah they'll be ma- what they will be very good at is making uh, new top sheets just to roll over <laughs> the old stuff, but making sure, don't forget, <laughs> to make sure that those uh, plates are... <laughs> Made smaller by the the amount of the, the size of the top sheet, sheet. bit of prick stick, <laughs> yeah, slapping a new job design, done. great job done. Uh, so no, that's a very good point uh, in terms of kit manufacturing is definitely going to be taking a hit. The factories have shut down, yeah. uh, you know, or in the process of shutting down. Um, so the best of the best are still going to get their gear, but the rest of the field, you know, your thirty to your maybe even 20 to 50th ranked skiers are yeah. not going to get access to kit that they've been used to over the past few years. So um, it's going to be tough on that. L- let's move forward to a, a British perspective, shall we? Let's start with how, um, as a team, I think this, it's safe to say that the Brits have had a very successful year. I don't think, in terms of Dave riding, that the, his season maybe hasn't been as good as he'd wanted it to but it's still a successful season but the rest of the team seems to be gathering around him and we're moving forward as a unit as he said on instagram i think he has a lot to be proud of it's his fourth season uh with a top 15 result. uh that's not that's not anything to be absolutely not you know um embarrassed about um i think you know especially as as he gets older that it's not going to make it easiest to, so to see him you know put in another good 
overall result like yeah, that. Yeah, consistent. Again, it consistent was it was result. heartbreaking at the beginning of the season to see that Levy, um, you yeah, know, that, that yeah. Levy um, incident. Uh, we, I, I, I don't know if you guys feel it, but I feel pain when he feels pain. Yeah. I, it's safe to say that British fans have to live every single turn with Dave, every single mistake, every single ooh and ah. Yeah. We're all there living and breathing it. So, and, I, and I know that he is well aware of external pressure, but he's quite good yeah. at, at sort of keeping to himself, him and Tristan and Jai, those guys are really able to keep this sort of really nice, tight-knit group and able to keep the focus moving forward. But what about the rest of the team, guys? I mean, this was a pretty strong year again from Alex Tilly. We, yeah. we talked a little bit about it. Um, the start of the season, uh, I think previously last year, she had a few flashes of runs, yeah. whereas this year she put a lot more second runs yeah. in. Maybe not in some cases quite as strong as she'd wanted to, but at the same time, I'd say this was a, a successful season. Yes, an individual result could have been better along the way. I mean, but next still year... steps in the right direction, though. Definitely. Next year, she'll want to see if they can just put races in Killington every week. Yeah. Um, as she had that great weekend, and that's what I'm probably putting a lot of this on. She had a weekend where she scored in GS and Slalom. Yeah. I think that focus on Slalom helped her, about, uh, helped her a bit this year as well, adding on uh, just not being so focused on just one thing the whole time, I think really freed her up a little bit to express herself a bit more in GS, and, and that really worked. Yeah, absolutely. Those results in Killington, right at the beginning of the season, so important that they set you up rest for the rest of the, the, rest of the winter. That I think that she had a couple of dips, she had a bit of an injury through the end of Jan, which just sort of hampered that, that sort of progression of results going through. But in general, I don't think talent is is a is questionable when it comes to Alex Tilly and the way that she skis I think it's it's about headspace and consistency when it comes to how she skis because she has these monster runs these beautiful sections of skiing where you're like this is what we are hoping to see more of uh, and I think the closest we saw to the two runs was definitely Killington in terms of uh, of a results base but she it, it's she's still a relatively young athlete so she's got a lot of already got a lot of miles under her yeah. feet so in terms of how she's been going I think it's a it's a really good season and her and Noel Baxter have been working together really well and and, and building on some really good results um, uh, sticking with the lady side of things we have finally seen uh, and that's not a that's not a dig but we've finally seen some world cup results from charlie guest um yeah so uh, charlie guest she came off the back of last season with an injury has worked really hard to rehab i think it was her knee um yeah. and and come back um and like you said she's got some great uh, World Cup results in the top 30, but not only that, she's had some good Europa Cup successes that, uh, on the podium yeah. and in first. Um, I think in the, one of the last races, Europa Cup, she had a bit of a, a crash and when she was, you know, going to hit the podium possibly. Um, so that was a little bit disappointing. But I mean, what a what a season to come yeah. come back to after after being injured. Yeah. Yeah, well, we've talked about it a few times over the season with Charlie, what kind of wanting her to make those second runs and start to get a foothold the way we were talking about with Alex a few years ago, is just kind of get your, you know, get a grip onto that second run. And once you've done it once, the belief in yourself goes up. And then when you yeah. go back to your Cups, you're like, I can compete yeah. with 
the best women in the world, so I can definitely win these races. And you can slowly see that confidence building. Absolutely. And I, I can't wait to see what the next couple of years have got to offer in that space. Yeah, I think having now scored World Cup points, and it was in a parallel slalom, so she's she hasn't yet scored points in a classic slalom but the fact that she scored points in a world cup event in front of the best of the best that's going to build confidence all of these real sol solid building blocks of results that she's now had in europa cup means that it's just it, it's everything is moving in the right direction for her the key for her is going to be able to stay injury free because she's had back issues knee issues uh, and seems to be constantly um, two steps forward, one step back, yeah. two steps forward, one step back. And if she can keep healthy and strong, it, it, she's got the skill set again. You know, it's a really nice position to be in. We're going to say the same thing about a lot of the, 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 the Brit British races, that they've got a lot of good skill sets, but it's about taking the opportunities when they arise. And I think that we saw Charlie take advantage of uh, a good performance in the qualification rounds of the parallel slalom. Yeah. And if she can just, again, use that as the stepping stone, as the building block, as the drive into the classic slalom means that she's going to be heading to a consistent place within the top 30. And, and another thing which you guys really talked about in the podcast with Mark Telling and Finley Mickle was that, you know, as, as a smaller nation, it's quite often difficult to feel like you deserve to be in a certain position. Yes. So, you know, you feel like sort of timid when you when you turn up at races, especially, you know, yeah. I, I can imagine, you know, Charlie turning up to the World Cup race, hasn't scored any points yet. Yeah. Um, and making once up, you feel like you're making up the numbers. Yes, yeah, feel, yeah, feel like you're making up the numbers. But then to score points and it's, you know, you, you completely change your character because you feel like you deserve yeah. to be there. I have scored four points in the past. I've just come off podiums in Europa Cup. I feel like I should be here rather than sort of like, as Mark Telling said, that, you know, the, the British kids in the cafe in the corner not really speaking to yeah. the rest of the athletes. So I think that's been a massive turning point. Not only that, we've seen it on, on the men's side too, especially in Kitzbühel, which was a massive highlight for me where Dave Riding and Laurie Taylor two British guys finishing in scoring points yeah. in World Cup, which was amazing to see. So, um, yeah, I mean, feeling like you need, you deserve to be there, I think is a, is a big thing that Brits have, you know, felt yeah. more of in the last couple couple years. Yeah, absolutely. I, th I think that performance in Kitzbühel with both guys getting on the podium, a uh, good podium, uh, if only, get, <laughs> get, get, getting points in, in, the, in that World Cup was huge. And I think for Laurie, we talked about how important it was for, for Charlie getting World Cup points and for Laurie it's exactly the same getting points we've, we've heard so many stories from coaches about about Laurie being you know super fast in training he's one of the most naturally gifted athletes that we've we've ever seen in British skiing that he but we haven't seen that in World Cup and we've now seen that performance on the first run yes the second run he put took his foot off the gas ski to finish which is never going to give you a good overall performance but it's again a step in the right direction and you're a hundred percent right that you can't underestimate the importance of feeling like you belong and feeling like you've earned your spot there uh, and I think that th that is going to be a huge turning point for all of the British athletes um, and one that hopefully we will see uh, Charlie Raposo get on board with relatively soon. Yeah, Charlie 
had a very hit and miss season. Every time we spoke to him, it seemed to be another injury, just stopping him being able to get a, a solid block of training yeah. in. He missed a few races. There was when they went over to the states, didn't tie in yeah. uh, with when he could race. And then obviously we saw um, the Adelboden race where he was looked on course. Uh, all his splits were just inside, making the making the thirty yes. and those elusive points, and then that yeah. silly gate at the bottom with the big hole in it or the big road. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, came, came and, and, and took him out just a couple gates from the finish, which was I mean, we said it with Dave, like you. you gasp when he makes a mistake and you're roaring with and I was so gutted when he went yeah. down. But to be fair, I think he's quite happy because it, it came up on screen and he got a load of good laughs and he got a massive cheer for it. So I think that, And uh, a few more followers on few, Instagram. Exactly, so, all important. Sorry, Charlie. <laughs> uh, no, look, I love the kids. Um, I think he worked uh, tremendously hard this last summer. Uh, maybe he sort of got distracted at certain parts throughout the season. Um, you know, don't want to call him out for that because it's not easy. Uh, you know, it's a long season. Yeah, and um, it's intense, really intense. intense. And mentally, like the ups and downs are quite horrific. Like, you know, yeah. one day you feel on top of the world, the next day you don't. Especially with a couple of throw a couple of injuries in there, it's yeah. not such a sort of easy place to be level headed. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, I think he will be disappointed in that he didn't score points. Um, you know, like Laurie did. But, you know, I would only encourage him to not think of it like that. You know, he is still 23, 24 years old. Yeah. So he's got a long career ahead of him. I mean, we, I reckon the average age of winning has gone up in the last oh, five absolutely, years for yeah, sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's no, there's no reason. And as shown by Dave, there's no reason why he can't be here, there for another four or five years. Um, yeah, at least. So, yeah, if at he least. Can, but the, the, the key, I think, to Charlie's um, career longevity, as well as getting to the sharp end of it, is staying injury free. Um, and I think for him, he's being a relatively young athlete has had has had probably more than his fair share of injuries, and Definitely. and it's it's tricky, and it just it takes dogged determination in the gym, serious single-minded focus to be able to put yourself in a condition physically to deal with the the physical um, challenges that it takes racing World Cup, but also dealing with accidents and crashes yeah. which is you know which is a huge part of conditioning so it's not going to be easy at all but if he can stay injury free he's got a good shot I, yeah. I think we've seen this season that the talent and speed is there yeah he's got what he needs to do it's just now making it happen and when there are so many cancellations uh, and moving of races is, is, was a really difficult year and if we have a slightly more you know, normal season next year he'll have a lot more of an opportunity coming in fresh to actually get that good result out of the way early, get that second run and then really start to build the confidence from there Absolutely. because we've seen it similar as we were saying with Charlie, we, we've seen it in the Europa Cups, he's put in some really good performances yeah. in there, yeah. that's where you know the speed oh, is yeah, there, yeah, you yeah. look at the people yeah, yeah. he's, he's beaten there and you're like well you know, those guys are making second runs, he can do this, yeah. let's just see him uh, start next season healthy, fresh and motivated. Okay, let's move on to next topic. We've got a few retirees to get through. Um, a few Germans, Fritz Dopfer is hanging up his boots, nine podiums, uh, unfortunately never quite got the elusive win. Christina Ackerman, formerly Geiger, is also hanging up the boots. Mats Olsen uh, from Sweden, again, feeling like it's time to call it a day. He's not actually that old, he's only 31 years old, but I feel like he's just said he's lost the love for it. it it's time for him to, to, to hang up his boots. Uh, Nina Harvard-Loseth, 
166 World Cup starts, eight podiums, two wins, and probably the biggest name to chuck in the towel is Andre Murrah. 250 wins, 30 podiums, uh, 250 starts, excuse me, uh, 30 podiums, eight wins, Olympic champion and World Cup globe winner. That's a pretty good resume to finish up on. Um, it's a bit of a shame the season uh, ended so prematurely, but he did have those results early in the year, and we were like, oh, has Murrah made a good decision to come back? Because yeah. we remember last year, you know, he made a big deal of retiring. Um, uh, after World Champs After in the Are, World yeah. Champs in Are. Um, but then I think his retirement kind of got lost in the whirlwind of the Hall of Fame retirements of yeah. Svindal and Lindsay Vonnie. He was like, maybe I'll do another season <laughs> and uh, my retirement can be a bigger deal next season. <laughs> yeah, coronavirus, uh, no, no, no final race, thank you very much. Yeah, and, and Nina Harvalosa is a strange one because I think she's only 31, um, which really isn't that old in, in racing terms, and you think of how long uh, the likes of Vaughn went on. Um, she certainly showed at times this year that she was more than able to compete, but I guess it's one of those things, if you're not, if you're not feeling it anymore and you feel the time's right, then, then so be it. Yeah, I mean, they're long tours, right? It's, it's, it's not just the winter either. It's, you know, you, give up, you do give up your life in reality. You do it for something beautiful and, be, and lucky enough to be able to, for these guys especially, being able to make a living out of doing this, but you, it's, it takes over your whole life. So I think for, for a lot of these athletes it's going to be easy for them to go, I've had a good career, I maybe only be 31, but I want to do something else. Yeah, no, definitely another chapter in her life I'm sure is to come. Um, but yeah, you know, not as big a names as on, on the retire retirement list as last year, um, but yeah. I think it's, There's one you know, more, one more retiree that I, f I forgot to mention, Hans Knaus, um, who retired from racing a fair few years ago, but he's now retiring from the camera runs. So no more camera that's runs. The biggest that's, the big, that's the biggest disappointment. That's the big story. That's, <laughs> that's a, the over story. 600 apparently. The uh, the stats say. So he it, no more camera runs for big Hans Knaus. Who's going to take over? Get your CV Ed, in there, Ed. Yeah, <laughs> just not the slaloms. No, no. So, one, not the slaloms, and two, I don't really speak German, so <laughs> I'm just oohs and ahs. I'll be in. And who ours. does it? Who does it for the the Brits? Graham Bell. Oh yeah, of course. Got, yeah, big Graham Bell still chucking out a few yeah, runs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still, he's still as eager ever as to, to get on those skis and go down Kitzbühel. I can't think of anything no, worse. thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I struggled enough to do the Super G there as an athlete. There's no chance I'm sticking it on as a... Holding the camera in one hand. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so loads of guys hanging up the boots. But I expect we'll see a few more announcements because um, when all the uh, teams are announced for the next season, there'll definitely be some athletes uh, missing out on, this op uh, on, the, on the national teams. And I yeah. think when you start missing out on your national team spot, I think that's when athletes decide that it's probably time for me to, you've got, you've to call got, it a day. You've got two options, either switch nationality yeah, or retire. Yeah, do a bit of switch it. Yeah, so, um, uh, yeah. I mean, Any of those that you think are going to maybe miss the spots? De Gruber. Yeah, <laughs> been saying it all season. Brutal. Yeah. Gone. No, um, no. Well, I mean, we've been saying he needs to. Like, he was constantly starting in the late twenties and barely getting second mm -hmm. runs or not getting second runs. He just had a really bad injury in the last race. We've seen from Gestrein and Pertle that they have youngsters that yeah. can take those spots. Yeah. Is he really going to come back from that injury? He wasn't young by any stretch of the imagination. Granted, he's not like 36 or anything, but he hasn't he hasn't podiumed. I mean, I don't know what he does in training that that makes he's obviously him keep bringing bringing him back. But yeah. you know, when you've got the guys like Matt Schwartz and Feller who you know can podium, yeah. and then you've got the younger guys hungry for spots and and really looking 
for it. I can't, I can't see him coming back. Yeah, he'll no, no, he'll yeah. probably put all the fitness in and he'll work really hard to come back, but it'll be interesting to see if the Austrians, they, you know what. Well, they still could give him a spot on the team, but, you know, fighting for, for places. And if mm. you're there or thereabouts, unless you're beat, like, beating them and beating them by a decent margin, you're not going to get the, the nod over Pertle, who's, you know, or somebody like Pertle, who's a youngster coming through. Yeah. So I think that it's going to be a case of, uh, I think we'll see a couple of athletes hanging up the boots mid-summer maybe. But I do think the sad thing for all of these athletes that have, that have announced retirements that they didn't get to do their last World Cup race. They didn't yeah, get to do all that sort of stuff. We've seen some, some cool performances with like Koosh dressing up in his crazy stuff. We saw um, uh, Hans Dotter do it last year in her all of her national dress. Yeah. Um, and we've seen a load of that sort of fun sort of farewells. And Kuzona superwoman. Yeah, exa <laughs> exactly. And so this time we've got no, no opportunity to really sort of say thank you and goodbye to some of the biggest names, you know, Andre Mura, like I say, Olympic champion, like where, who, you don't get to say cheerio, thanks very much, and you've been a legend of the sport. Like yeah. the guy's been around for such a long time. One of my favorite memories about the guy is uh, racing in Adelboden. <clears throat> he came over, he, just, he, he uh, straddled just before you break over onto the steep pitch. And all you see is him coming over that roll. He's got his pole over his shoulders and just effortlessly snap the pole oh. over his back and you're just like <laughs> it's just effortlessly cool i'd be there like trying to snap my pole just like smashing myself in the leg <laughs> and they're like christopherson's they're like oh yeah, just break it and then you're going oh crap no, I, can't, I can't break it and now you've started so you've got to try and finish <laughs> my favorite one of those was this guy i remember racing I, I think he was uh belgian and we were at a race and there's like when you doesn't go your way like to have a bit of a, a hissy fit you kind of see it you see it fairly often. You don't see it that often at World Cup, barring yeah. Christofferson maybe, but it's sort of lower down the, the echelons of ski racing. You see it a bit. And I remember seeing this guy, he took off his helmet and he drop kicks his helmet about 30 meters. <laughs> and then obviously in a fit of rage does that. And then the best bit about it is the realization that he's going to have to trudge over 30 up. meters and pick up his helmet and put it back on and leave again. And so there's I nothing more than like to bring <laughs> you down it. to earth. It's like, you, well, one, you've definitely paid for that. That's not, that's not <laughs> yeah. a gimme. Yeah. You, you probably <laughs> want to do the second run too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right down the bottom of the hill in front of everybody. Um, but yeah. I, uh, I was also had a feeling that Ligeti was going to retire this year. Yeah, but he's all of a sudden put in a real, you know, some good performances right at the end of the winter. He's doing a bit on the pro tour. He's seemingly enjoying his ski yeah. racing. So, who knows? And probably mm. getting paid enough still. Well, with the shred legacy, like he's yeah. made, you know, that's money's yeah, not that's an what, issue. You know, yeah. the guy's not he's not doing this for cash. No, sure. The guy's doing it because he loves ski Enjoy racing, it. and he obviously th still thinks that he's got some skills. And, oh. it, and I think we, we safe to say, we all think he's got yeah. some skills because the guy's all of a sudden breathe new life into his skiing and his performances. So yeah. The guy's on form. Are we going to see an age 41 Julian Lizaru on the tour next year? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. A rapping Lizaru. I mean, him and JB Grange just seem to be timeless. Well, well Grange has put in some of his best performances for like 10 years. So the guy, I think he's going to be here for a... You know, Grange, I don't think it's going And anywhere. that tech team does seem to have a really close bond. 
So, and I think Noel really feeds off their energy. I think Liz Roux is just a constant ball of excitement about ski yeah, racing. Keep, keeps everything moving. Um, and JB Grange is just, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's a double world champion. Yeah. He's won the Tour uh, slalom title and he can just keep dropping little bits of advice in um, to Noel. There's been a couple times where Noel's been leading runs and, and bailed on the second yeah, run. Absolutely. Um, and, and JB Grange will just be able to just keep like guiding him in the right direction, not letting him get too down on himself, not yeah. letting him get too, um, uh, to kind of caught up in the hype when he does have a couple of good races and I think they're, they're a really good little squad those guys Absolutely. Yeah. Um, right what about uh, thoughts for next season can we have some races <laughs> one I'd like some races and two I'd like some consistent snow conditions would, would like be some, handy some snow some sun uh, less wind uh, <laughs> less no, viruses no powders. <laughs> no powders or viruses yeah um, yeah we've said a few times this year was a nightmare for organisers. Um, we talked about the possibility of adding in extra days, rest days, reserve days, whatever you want to call them, something so that we can have more weekends happen. I just want to see some racing that just we get as much of the calendar as possible. I, re I really want to see some good contests. Um, I want to see Paris back. Yes. Um, you know, I want, I want that. I want that battle we were robbed of to yeah. kick straight back in. I want to see. You know, Schifrin, Vlahova, part yeah. two, go off again. Yeah. I want to see Marcel Hirscher come out of retirement. It's not going to happen, but I want to see it. <laughs> Still open, it's going to happen. <laughs> um, there's, there's so much to look forward to next year, and all we can say is what we talked about before. Let's just take the issues with the virus pass, and these guys can get back to their work in the summer. What about you, Luke? What are you hoping to, to see other than some racing? Um, well, I guess at the tail end of last season, we wanted to figure out who was going to take the lead from Hersher, and that was so uncertain this season. So I think um, a lot of athletes, you know, once they've had time to ponder, will come away and be like, okay, well, I kind of thought I was going to be that guy, yeah. Pinterow and, and Christofferson. But a missed opportunity. Yeah, missed opportunity. So I think they'll be really working hard this summer. And so I think next season we're going to see some serious like racing and some serious competitions, some close calls. Um, which I'm really excited for. Um, on the women's side, Br Brunoni has shown that she is, you know, on par with Schifrin. Hopefully and we can get, yeah. yeah, and Rehova. And hopefully we can get through a whole season with them all being there and then really decide who is the best. Yeah, because unfortunately, like I think pretty much all sport this year, this season, are going to have asterisks by them, right? And I think regardless of if you deserved it or didn't deserve it, which I think if you got to this point where we cancelled races in the lead, you kind of do deserve it, regardless of how many races were left. But there's always going to be the, the asterisks of, well, we finished, you know, two weeks early, uh, Schifrin missed a bunch of races, you know, this, that and the other caveats left, right and centre. And I think actually, if we can just get through this next season and, and we are not robbed of all these different uh, factors, then it's going to be a bumper season. Also, don't forget we're going to have to, with the Olympics now from next season. So we've got next season, which has world champs in, and then yeah. it's the Olympics already. So we've missed the Beijing test event, test event yeah. for the ladies. So the men's event, test events due to be this coming winter. So the ladies are going to have to do their test event as well. So all of a sudden, it's starting to, you know. Pressure, no, pressure is going yeah. to be on to make sure that we get all the races done, especially get the Chinese races done. If we, hopefully, fingers crossed, it doesn't this all this stuff doesn't last that long. But get to be able to start racing and and sort of the athletes build up to the Olympic Games, 
isn't isn't hampered at all. And what they'll probably have to do is probably have to put those Beijing events um, maybe after Lake Louise because if they get cancelled, they're going to have to try and rerun them before the uh, end of yeah, the season. They may again. have so to move them. They have to have to put them early. Going to have to look at. Yeah. yeah to make sure. Uh, I wouldn't like to be Fizz right now. That's all I'm saying. No, there's a lot of a lot of pressure, a lot of speculation. But I think luckily for Fizz, all sports seem to be in the same situation. So yeah. with alpine skiing, we're not alone in, in winter sports. We're not alone in global sports. So actually, I think that, uh, uh, that Fizz, I, I don't know, I guess you can almost take cues from everybody else. Somebody's going to take the f hit first. Fizz don't really have to do an awful lot of stuff before we get round to the uh, sort of midway through the summer before they have to start making decisions. It's going to be the rest of the sport that's going to have to deal with the imminent decisions about going back to competition and what we're going to do going forward and finish off seasons. Our season, thankfully, yes, we're short, but we're finished. Yeah. Um, so I think that's all we've got time for. Uh, guys, thank you very much for joining me again. To Ben, to Luke, uh, it's been a pleasure, and thank you for watching. Goodbye for now. <laughs>